thankful for Clay and Brother Andrew leading the song service. Brother Jim had texted Brother Tim and I today and said that, uh, that, that they would not be here. And so I replied and I said, well, I hope everybody feels better. But on a selfish note, does that mean I have to lead song service? Because I told him, I said, in the words of Job, the thing that I have feared the most has come upon me. So to walk in and see Clay and Andrew and guys that are gifted in that area, I'm very thankful. Uh, I don't mind preaching in front of millions of people, but I don't want to lead the song service in front of anybody. So thank you guys for doing that. I want to talk to you tonight for a few minutes on the subject of study. We I mentioned that uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago in a sermon that I had been looking at some of that and uh, wanted to to talk about that if I had the chance and felt the, that the timing was right. So I hope if the Lord will bless us to be able to look in the Bible tonight at some of the things that the Bible has to say um, about study, studying. Um, that's something that we're all familiar with, and if you've ever been... Uh, at least to kindergarten, you've probably had some experience with studying. I like uh, what I heard a preacher say one time, and I think I mentioned it at the last ser- sermon that I, where I talked about it, was that we are all, we are all studying something. And uh, I find that to be very true. We are all putting forth some sort of mental effort uh, to exercise our minds about something. Now, um, it seems that a lot of times we're uh, studying about nothing, if you know what I mean. It's uh, a waste, uh, just a, a useless, uh, you know, nothingness that we seem to be so enthralled with sometimes. But we all are, are putting some effort into something. And, you know, I'm the type of person that, um, you know, if it's, if it's something that I'm not very interested in, it gets it's really hard to get me to motivated enough to lift a finger to do anything about it. But if it's something I'm very interested in, then I have to be real careful to keep that in check that I don't get so zealous and just so consumed with it that I just, uh, you know, or am looking and, and reading and studying and just trying to figure everything I can about it. So uh, studying is something that we all deal with, and it's something that the Bible deals with. It's something that we'll see in multiple different places where the Bible talks about study. And so I want to look at just a few places in the Bible about uh, where we find either the word or the principle uh, the word study or the principle of studying something and to look at just a few passages of things that we need to be studying. OK, uh, and along the lines of studying, as I studied, that's going to be the hot word tonight. As, along the lines of studying, as I studied, um, what I found is that there are several different different definitions of the word study. And that's one <laughs> I'm going to say it so much I'm going to get tired of saying it. That is one benefit to studying that as you study, you realize that there are multiple definitions to different words in the Bible. Does that make sense? That's really a tongue twister for me. One of the definitions that we find in the Bible of the word study is uh, to be uh, eager for or to be fond of. Right now, you, you can't, uh, you know, I never was eager to really want to study most of my life. But to be eager for or to be fond of something is one definition of study. So as you're reading through the Bible, as you're studying through the Bible, sometimes you may come across that word and you have, it's important that you put that word in the right context. So let me give you a, a def, uh, an example here. And this was pretty humbling when I read this. It was always also pretty eye-opening when we consider um, society today, when, when we consider the, the major, major impact that social media has had on um, our society. Um, when I read through this, I thought, boy, that kind of goes exactly 
against what social media is designed to really do. So in First Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, and again, remember the word study here is it means to be eager for or to be fond of. OK, so in First Thessalonians, the fourth chapter in verse 11, it says this, and that ye study to be quiet and to do your own business. And to work with your own hands as we command you. Now, I want you to think about that if we say it like this. And we want you to be eager for or to be fond of being quiet and to be fond of doing your own business. Now, the reason I say that kind of goes exactly against uh, what social media is designed for is because social media, you know, things like Facebook and this, that, or the other, they're more designed to get into everybody's business, right? It used to be, um, you know, you didn't want uh, you didn't want anybody in your business. Now with Facebook and all those things, people are trying to get people in their business, right? We want you to be in. Well, we want you to know what I've got going on. I want you to see what I'm doing. I want to let everybody know about it. And also, so as far as you know, doing your own business, minding your own business, if you will, we're not really uh, moving in a direction in society where uh, that's something that comes very easily sometimes, right? Now, there are some very good things that come out of things like social media. I know a lot of uh, the preachers do some writings on there, and you know, I've, I've read some really good things over there over the years. But for the most part, what I found. Uh, when, you know, I don't, I don't fool with it anymore, but back when I would, would, uh, you know, look through it at times, what I found was it's not a whole lot of spiritual things. It's just a whole lot more of everybody's business, right? And so the Bible says that we should be eager just to kind of be a quiet, peaceable, mind your own business type of person, right? And I have found in my own life, and I, and I'm, I appreciate the Bible saying that because uh, it kind of suits my personality anyway. And, you know, the truth of it is, is I can love you. And I can love you to the point that I'll be willing to take a bullet for you. But that doesn't mean I have to know everything about you. Are you with me? Because the problem is sometimes the more we learn about each other, sometimes the harder it gets to love you, Right. Sometimes you think, boy, I just love somebody so much. They came to me and, and, you know, they were on hard times and they really needed some help financially. And we helped them out. And then on Monday and then on Tuesday, we saw where they bought a new iPhone. Well, I wish I hadn't known that. You know, I wish I hadn't known that. That's, that's totally a made up scenario. But I wish I hadn't known that about you. I wish that business would have been kept to yourself and I could have just kept on living in the dream world that you took and you bought Bibles with it, right? So sometimes the more we know about people, the harder it is to love them. And so I think sometimes the Bible teaches us that as God's people, we're not to have our nose in everybody else's business. We should be eager to mind our own business, let other people mind their business. Obviously, we need to fellowship with one another and love one another and interact with one another. But we don't need to be busybodies. And the Bible preaches against that. It also tells us that we're to study and be eager to be quiet. And the Bible says in the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. That means, uh, as I've heard it said before, that silence rarely makes any mistakes. Silence rarely makes any blunders. And again, going back to social media, um, what do they call it? Um, I can't remember what they call it. Keyboard something. But anyway, people get behind their keyboard and all of a sudden they're 10 feet tall and they just can't wait to tell people what they think and share their opinions and talk about this and talk about that. 
not quietness, right? And I, when I spent some time going through Facebook, what you find is so quickly, somebody may, may put something out there that is harmless and it's just simply making a point and you let that get out there among the masses for 10 minutes and the next thing you know, it's turned into a huge argument because people are not interested and eager to be quiet. They feel like they have got to be heard. They've got to have a voice. And I appreciate, again, what the Bible says, that it is not only good, it is biblical to be a quiet, humble, mind-your-own-business type person. And so we should be eager for that. So that's one of the definitions for study is just to be fond of or to be eager for something. But now, primarily what you find the definition of study mean is to exert yourself and to have some sort of mental application. Now, if you think about uh, if you think about the word study, you probably at least think mostly about your education. Most of the studying that I have done in my life has been so I could uh, get an education. And so, you know, you spent, I mean, I guess if I started from kindergarten all the way up through the, you know, the last day of school that I ever had, the amount of hours that I sat down exerting myself, applying myself mentally to try to become more knowledgeable in my understanding of something. It's just hours upon hours upon hours that we do that. So think about when you think about your education that, you know, it, it took so much study. And I think about, you know, Josh, who was way more studious than I was. Y'all can amen, mom and dad. Josh was way more studious than I was. He, 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 he was very good at studying. And I was I was real good at finding something else to do. You know, and I should have been studying sometimes, but um, he, it came very easy to him and he enjoyed absorbing that knowledge and things like that. And it was just a chore for me. And I know some of you feel the same way when it comes to studying, but we have to be able to apply ourselves and exert ourselves and put some mental power into studying when it comes to spiritual things. And we're going to see why in a minute what happens when you don't, when you don't study. In Proverbs, the 24th chapter I found this very interesting when I told you earlier that everybody is studying something, right? We're all studying something. In Proverbs, the 24th chapter, I want you to think about for a second what the wicked study. Wicked are the, Even the wicked are people who exert themselves and put some sort of mental application to things. And Proverbs 24 says, be thou not envious against evil men, neither desire to be with them. For their heart studieth, studieth destruction, and their lips talk of mischief. So here the Bible tells us, and this is the reason I wanted to bring this verse to light, is because if the wicked are studying, if the wicked are applying themselves and exerting, them, exerting themselves in one area of evil, then God's people likewise, we need to be studying also. Because the Bible says that the wicked are studying destruction. And that's absolutely true. Uh, did you know that there are people, there are young men who are laying out plans, who are plotting to destroy a young woman's reputation? 
You understand that? There are young men today who are thinking and devising of ways of how can I destroy this young girl's reputation as a pure, holy, upright young lady. They're studying on that. There are people that are studying right now on how to deceive maybe uh, in a, uh, or be tricky in a business deal. They're trying to find out how to cheat how to lie, how to do this, that, or the other, and not get caught. The Bible talks about their evil men that, that lay in wait, and they lay in wait in private, and they try to set snares for people. See, they're studying these plans. You know, um, they talk about, and Brother Tim could tell you a whole lot more about this, or Brother Milam could tell you a whole lot more about this, that when they, uh, when somebody is charged with murder, when they know that it has been premeditated, Meaning they've studied about how we're going to do this. Usually that carries a little bit more uh, of, a, uh, of a sentence. Because th- this is not a crime of passion. This is not something that just kind of haphazardly happened. This is a wicked man that sat down and studied about how they were going to bring about destruction in somebody's life. Well, listen, if I know my opponent is out there uh, studying something to try to get an advantage of me, I likewise want to be studying so I can keep him from getting that advantage. So the Bible says that the wicked are studying. So let's look at uh, a few things that the child of God should be studying and exerting themselves in. Now, let's go to Proverbs, the 15th chapter to start with. I may not be able to get to all these, but I want to go to at least Proverbs, the 15th chapter in verse 28. It says, the heart of the righteous studieth to answer. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer. And if you think about uh, kind of its companion verse in First Peter, the third chapter, where it says that we need to be ready to answer, and I'm paraphrasing, be ready to answer him that asketh you, right? So when somebody comes up and asks you about spiritual things, the Bible says that we need to be ready to answer and that the righteous man is a man that studies so he can have an answer. I think about um, the verse that says, uh, 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 he that heareth a matter before he answereth, it is, fo- I mean, he that, he that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. He that answereth before he heareth it is folly and shame unto him. What that means is when we start spouting off all our opinions and we start giving our answers to certain situations when we really don't know the full story, it makes us look like a fool, right? We should be able to study to answer. And I can remember when I was a, well, even now really, but uh, growing up, one of the things that my dad used to say was, you know, I'd go up and I may ask him a question. I may ask him, what about what I need to do about this? Or what do you think about this? Or can I have this? And one of the things that he would always say is like, well, let me study on that a while. And really, that is a wonderful biblical answer. Now, me as a little impatient kid was like, now I need to know now. Why do you got to study on this? Because he wanted to think it through. And make sure that whatever he told me was told in wisdom and that he had not left any stone unturned so he wouldn't tell me something and end up making him look foolish, right? Uh, for example, uh, when on, on our end, uh, as, as me as a father, we were getting ready to go to bed last night and, and I had plans to get up this morning early and to go, to go hunt before I had to go to work. And so we're getting ready for... Um, getting ready for bed and ask the kids or the kids said, Hey, can I go hunting in the morning? Emma said, can I go hunting in the morning? 
I was like, sure, you can get up when I get up, and I'll drop you off at the place you're going to go, and then I'm going to go off over here and, and to another place, and I'll hunt. And then so I woke up in the middle of the night, and I got to thinking about that, and I said, you know, where I'm hunting is, is 30 minutes away. Where she's hunting is two minutes away. So if I get her up, when I get up, I'm going to have to take her to the shooting house and drop her off. It's freezing cold. She's going to have to sit there for, you know, 30, 35 minutes in the dark, freezing cold. And by the time the sun comes up, she'll be a popsicle before I even get to my stand. Right? But, of course, I didn't study on it when she asked me that. I said, yeah, I'll get you up. And then it dawned on me in the middle of the night, so I just snuck out quietly. You know? And then later on in the morning, I was like, why didn't you get me up? It's like, well, I studied on it a little bit, and I thought you'd be a frozen popsicle, and then you'd have to call mom to come get you, and then mom would have to get up early before daylight to come get you. It just, I should have thought about it more, right? I should have studied on it some more before I gave her an answer. One time, and I, I, I searched all over the place on my computer at the office this morning, I mean this afternoon, looking for it. Several years ago, I started keeping a list of the things that we as Americans were arguing about. It was uh, uh, things that had caused America to be divisive. And this was probably three or four, five years ago. And I, I could not find that list anywhere. Um, but I remember the last time I saw that list, most all of those things have kind of faded into the past and are not issues anymore. I, I remember one of the issues, if, and I probably have this a little bit gray, but one of the issues was that... A little boy fell into a pen, a gorilla's pen at the zoo, and they shot and killed the gorilla. And all over social media, it was a weeping and gnashing of teeth of whether they should or they shouldn't have shot the gorilla. You know? And when I, and, and there, I've had a long list of things just like that that was dividing America, and I thought, these people have no idea, really, the circumstances that were going on in that moment, but yet they're, they're spewing out their answers left and right. And they have, they have not even heard the matter. It would be as foolish as a judge walking into a courtroom, looking at the, at the, you know, at the prosecution and looking at uh, you know, the guy that's accused of a crime and giving a ruling before he's ever heard anything. How foolish would that be for the judge to walk in and be like, ah, not guilty. Or guilty, and he hadn't heard anything. It would be foolish. So we should hear the matters before we answer them, because the Bible says we should study to answer. Now, for for, for absolutely, when it comes to doctrine, we should be a studied people, right? If somebody comes up to you and asks you a specific question about our basic doctrines, we should all be able to give a relatively clear and concise reason for why we believe what we believe, right? If somebody were to come up to you and say, hey, um, you know, what are your beliefs on, you know, uh, the, you know, the preservation of the saints? What are, what is your belief on predestination? What is your belief on somebody falling out of Grace, what is your thoughts on baptism? You know, we should have enough knowledge to be able to give an answer. And listen, I have learned an incredible amount of things by listening to Brother Tim and other preachers preach. But the majority of what I have learned has been because I sat down and studied. I sat down and I opened God's word and I began to study 
and to, to, as we'll look here in a minute, to rightly divide. So you cannot count, and I, and I mentioned this a while back too, you cannot count on an hour and a half a week to prepare you to be able to give the type of answers that you should be able to give if some man were to ask you. It takes some studying. Uh, what's, what is the, uh, Brother Sonny Piles used to say, that you can't teach somebody to be mean an hour and a half a week. And he said that, you know, to be funny, but I thought, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, you know, when you are learning to be, uh, you know, whatever it is, if you're learning to be a, uh, a dentist, I can't, I can't do an hour and a half of a week in education and study and really be what I need to be unless I took 50 years to do it. Right. So it takes time sitting down in God's word and applying ourselves so that we can study to answer. Right now, let's keep going here for the sake of time. Um, Let's go to um, let's go to Hebrews, the fifth chapter for a second. This is the one I really like right here. Hebrews, the fifth chapter. And I'll start reading in verse 11. Very familiar to you, I'm sure. It says, Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. So what he's saying here as you know, your desire here is to be teaching. But really what you need is to be taught. And I can put myself in that category at times. There was a time that I was actually teaching people. And then I came to a point of realization that I don't need to be teaching anybody. I need to sit and be taught for a while. And when I came to the Primitive Baptist Church, um, you know, for, for six months, it was just like a dry sponge just soaking up so much information. And the more I soaked up, the more I realized how much I needed to be taught. And what I realized I needed to get some of this milk down and really, really grow. And so that's what he's saying here. You have need, uh, it says, the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles or the basic doctrines, the basic things that we call the, the milk and not of strong meat. And then he says, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Now notice this one. It says, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. All right, do you get that verse 14 right there, what he's saying? Do you want to know, you know, you take, um, use, it, use for example a knife. You know, you can take a knife and uh, you can put it on different stones. Some are very rough. Some get finer and smoother. And then and you can take those down through a process. And then you can go to, you know, different types of uh, paper and leather to where you can get a knife just, you know, so sharp that you could shave with it, right? Well, you don't want to go in there if you say, well, I need a sharp knife. You don't go in there to the roughest stone you've got and run it across that rough stone, you know, for a while and then put it in your pocket. You're not going to have a very sharp knife, Right. You have got to be skillful in taking that knife through the different steps so it gets very, very sharp when you're done with all that. And what he's saying here is that if we want to have very sharp, keen senses of what is right and wrong, the way we get to that point is by reason of use. 
It says, it says, strong meat belongs to them that are full, of full age, even those who by reason of use, they're exercising, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You think, well, don't everybody knows what good and evil is. Really? They don't. They don't. The Bible teaches us that there are those who call holy things that are holy profane and things that are profane holy. There are things that uh, they call good evil and evil good. We do not have a good understanding in America of what is right and wrong. Right now, the Lord writes his laws on our hearts. Now, if you let me say it this way. The Lord writes his laws on our hearts. So, yes, they are there. The man that has never, ever heard one gospel message, but has been born again by the spirit of God. He has some sense of right and wrong because God put it in his heart. Right. But I want to take it further. I want to take that knife down through more steps. And I want to become sharper and sharper and sharper and have a better understanding because the word, if I wrote it down here. The word discern means to distinguish and the word senses there means the mental faculty for understanding and judging, judging what is right and judging what is wrong. I do not want to have somewhat of a gray area of what is right and what is wrong. Now, I understand there are areas of Christian liberty, but when it comes to right and wrong, I want to have very sharp senses, right? Well, how do I get to that point? By reason of use, right? The Bible talks about there are things in here in this Bible that are basic doctrines that even babes can absorb and it can be used to uh, to strengthen them and cause them to grow and mature. And there are things in this Bible that are stronger meat. Maybe they're uh, maybe a little deeper things of God. But as you graduate from that milk, just like a baby doesn't always drink out of his bottle, he graduates into more solid food. And the more we exercise ourselves with this and the more we chew on it and the more we digest it, we have a very strong sense of what is right and what is wrong. Right? Because... We have Christian leaders today or, or professed Christian leaders who wholeheartedly support abortion and Christian leaders who wholeheartedly uh, support homosexual marriage. And they have lost that they, they have grown somewhat dull to what is right and what is wrong. Well, I don't want to be like that. I want to have my senses very, very sharp on what is right and what is wrong. You know, Brother Tim preached a sermon um, maybe maybe three or four weeks ago, and it was titled, But the Servants Knew. If you remember that sermon, great sermon. If you didn't hear it, go listen to the podcast. And one of the main take-homes that I had from that was uh, he was talking about when um, Jesus turned the water into wine uh, at the wedding in Cana of Galilee, Right. And most people there had no idea where the wine came from. They just assumed it was always there. And, you know, the man brought it out at the end there so people could drink. But the servants are the ones who went and drew the water and put filled up the barrels. And they knew that the water had been turned into wine. They had a very different perspective of what actually was going on. Right now. You can take that and apply that here because what what he was talking about was perspective, that the child of God should have a different perspective on the things that are going on in our world and our society than that than somebody that's just oblivious or willingly ignorant 
uh, to the scriptures, right? Well, I want to be the servants. I want to have a very good understanding. I want my mental faculties to be very honed, if you will, and have the right spiritual perspective of what is going on. You can't have that on an hour and a half a week. You just can't. It takes sitting down and studying that. Now, let me give you one more here before we close. And it's one that, that, that everybody in here, if you've been in here for more than five minutes, has probably heard. In 2 Timothy 2.15, uh, it says, I won't flip there. 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. Exert yourself. Apply yourself mentally to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, so we are to study... One, to show ourselves approved unto God. I always think of that this way, is that there are times in my life where I sought the approval of others, right? I feel like on a daily basis, I try to be the type of husband that God has called me to be because I want Tiffany's approval. I want Tiffany, if Tiffany were to give me a report card on on being a husband, that she would give me an approval, a passing grade on me. I seek her approval. I seek the approval of my children uh, as a father. So I'm seeking approval from people all the time. You know, even in the dentist office, you know, we try really hard to make sure that somebody approves of the treatment that we've given them. Well, shouldn't I want God to be, uh, shouldn't I want God's approval? Shouldn't I desire and seek the approval of God? Well, it says study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. We are the workmen and the workwomen of God who take his light out into the world and we shine it all across this nation, or I hope we do. And this kind of goes back to being ready to answer. What if somebody comes up to you and asks you questions and you have an opportunity to glorify God and share some truth but you have no idea how to answer their question. You think about that. Have you approved yourself to God as a workman? I'm, and listen, I'm not saying that I've got every answer to every question. I certainly don't. If, you know, maybe Brother Neil probably does, Sister Amy. He does in my eyes anyway. I don't have every answer to every question. But I need to be studying so when questions arise, I will at least be able to tell the Lord... Lord, I've studied and I've studied and I've studied, but I just didn't know the answer to that one. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That is not taking truth and dividing it from error. That is taking the Bible and breaking it down into the, to the different areas and different sections and different scriptures and seeing how they fit together. Now, you take some, for example, <clears throat> I know about a carburetor, right? I know a carburetor. I got a general idea of what it does and can talk to you and I'd probably get a D minus on a carburetor test, right? I kind of know what it does and I can kind of halfway talk to you about it. But I can't talk to you about it like somebody that has broken it down and looked at all the different parts and studied how it works and how it all goes together. I can't stay in the same room with them. They can talk circles around me about it. You understand? So when we take the word of God, there are people out there, they can talk to you about the word of God. They can, they can, you know, have somewhat of a conversation, but they can't go to the level that somebody that has taken it and broken it down and divided it apart and looked at each little piece and tried to study it. For example, 
And this is an example I like to use, John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Somebody can sit there and talk to you about for God so loved the world. Yeah, for, you know, was it uh, uh, at the national championship game, uh, Alabama and uh, Georgia? They were kicking a field goal, and I saw where the, where the ball would land up in the stand. Somebody was standing there with the John 3.16 sign. People can hold the John 3.16 sign up, right? People can talk to you about John 3.16. Tim Tebow can put it under his eyes when he played football, John 3.16. They can kind of talk to you about it, probably like I can talk to you about a carburetor, right? But somebody that has taken John 3.16 and said, well, John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world. But over here, it tells me to love not the world or the things of the world. And if anybody loves the world, he's not of God. And you go, what? So God's, so for God so loved the world, but if we love the world, we're not from God. How does that add up, right? What do you got to do? You got to break the carburetor down and you break the carburetor down. And what you realize is the word world has eight different definitions in the Bible. And the, wor- the way it applies in John 3, 16 is not the way it applies over here. It's not the way it applies over here. And it's not the way it applies over here. And you break that verse down and you look at the different definitions. Brother Tim spent multiple Wednesdays uh, several years ago showing us how to do word studies, how to get a, a strong concordance and break down the different words. So when we study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, and we rightly divide the word of truth, I don't want to be the guy that gets the D minus on the scripture test. I want to be the guy that has studied and broken it down so I, I know how it fits together and I know how it works together. The only way to do that, it's not coming here an hour and a half a week, is to spend some time in God's Word, right? It's the only way to do that. Now, let me leave you with this. <clears throat> the Bible tells us this. Going back to, to, to the way I felt about studying as far as my education goes. I would have much rather been fishing. I would have much rather been hunting. I would have much rather been doing anything but studying, you know. You know, Josh like, hey, I think I'll go study a while. And I'm like, really? Let's go do, let's go play basketball, you know? I didn't like it. You know why I didn't like it? Because it, 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 it was tiresome to me. It, was, it, it wasn't so much that it was boring, but it was just I, just, I just didn't like it, right? The Bible says that much study is a weariness of the flesh. Studying is not necessarily something that you get up and be like, man, I just studied for an hour. I feel good. Study is a weariness of the flesh. It's hearts and, and, and anybody that's ever have any kind of mental anguish or, or mental stress during the day will tell you that mental stress far exceeds, as far as being tired, far exceeds physical exertion. There, and I've told you before, <clears throat> there are days that I've just had a lot on my mind for, you know, for eight hours. And at the end of the day, I'm just like, I didn't really do a whole lot today, but I'm exhausted. And then there are other days that I go out and I'm very active and my mind is free and happy. And I feel great at the end of the day. You see, to study and to use that brain, it will make you tired. But it's something that if we want to be the workman that's approved, if we want to be the person who is ready to answer if somebody asks us, if we want to be the person that can intelligently discuss a situation in America, then we've got to put that kind of time in. I I hear a lot. I heard this specifically the other day. And it was an example of a person who did not get the type of answer that they wanted from another person. 
And I was hearing this, you know, from a third party. And so the person didn't get the type of answer that they wanted from another person. They asked him. And so they just told him off. Just really let him have it. Well, the other person that was standing there, the other person, this person was talking to the person that let him have it. And she was saying, well, you did the right thing. You did the right thing. You, 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 you know, they deserved everything you told them, right? That's not the right answer because that's not what the Bible teaches. See, that's a perfect example where we need as God's people to be ready to say, listen, I know you're frustrated. I know maybe that person did you wrong. The Bible tells us not only to love our enemies and to do good, those that persecute us. The Bible tells us to turn the other cheek and a soft answer turneth away wrath. And this is the best way you need to handle that in that situation. You can't do that if you haven't really studied out the scriptures, right? Are you with me? That's a workman that has been approved right there. That is somebody that is ready to give an, a correct answer to people. Now, <clears throat> much study is, is awareness of the flesh. So sometimes we can get a little burnt out and it can be hard to study. I admit that to you. Sometimes it is difficult to sit down and put the energy into studying. I'll give you some uh, some quick tips that just help me. There are times that when I sit down and I read this this Bible, that I feel like the words are crisscrossing and turning themselves backwards, and I have to read the same verse 30 times, and I still couldn't tell you what it said. You ever get that way? And I just think, I'm just spinning my wheels. Uncle Ball told me this one day. He said, if you ever get like that, this is what you do. And you just close it and you put it up. And what I have done is I will do that, but then I'll put a sermon on. I'll go somewhere and I'll put a sermon on and I'll sit back and I'll just meditate and just listen to that sermon. Sometimes I will spend some time in prayer. Sometimes I will get a book. You know, we've got some primitive Baptist elders that are very gifted writers. Um, Brother Wayne Crocker just put out a book called Sense. Sense or, sense or nonsense. And I'm about halfway through it. And he handles some of the very controversial topics in America. And he takes them head on. And he, and he talks about them. And he gives scriptural reference to why this is right and why this is wrong. And it's a great read. Uh, Brother Michael Goins has written some excellent books that I've read. And sometimes when I can't get past that one verse without it turning all sideways on me, I'll listen to a sermon, I'll spend some time in prayer, or I'll just go read a book about spiritual things that maybe somebody, one of the elders that we know wrote, and the next thing you know, it's like my mind is renewed, a reset button, it's like a computer that you, I don't know what to do, cut it off and cut it back on again. We do that office all the time, hey, hey, this computer's not doing this, and they come to me, I was like, cut it off and cut it back on again, that's all I know to tell you. And they will, and it works, you know, and I feel like an IT guy for a little bit. And it works, and sometimes I've just got to unplug and go do something else, but I try to keep it spiritual. Because Paul writes that he's going to stir up our pure minds. And I have found, sure, you know, you know, I, I, we watch videos on YouTube, and we, uh, you know, we'll watch a hunt show here and there, and we, we watch other types of things. But, but the most beneficial thing that, I've, that I have in my life are things that will stir up my spiritual mind. And it just keeps it from settling in the bottom. 
and it keeps uh, those things, the sermons and the, and the books and the prayer and things like that. They kind of just keep me stirred up. And so I encourage you to do that. When you sit there and think, oh, I just don't think I can open this Bible and study it for five more minutes or I'm just going to die. Put it down. And go to go to a website. You can go to Bethlehem's website. You can go to primitivebaptistsermons.org. You can go to tons of different websites and just sit down and listen to a sermon or two. And you'll be surprised how that refreshes you. I'll leave you with this. Uncle Ball told me this one time, and I thought it was real interesting. This was a couple of years ago. He told me, he said, you know, in, in his little way, can you picture him? A little and he's, he's looking up at you and he's close, probably teary-eyed. He said, you were preaching today, and when you first started out, you used a verse. And he said, you continued on with your sermon. He said, but when you were talking about that verse, that made me go way over here and feed in another pasture that all these other sheep probably weren't feeding in. Does that make sense? So what he's saying here, here we got a 90-year-old man who has spent his life in this book. And there's something that I said in that sermon that took him to a thousand other scriptures that he had studied that came to his mind. And he just had a sermon of his own in his mind because he had labored in God's word. And I've thought a lot about that because I want to be studied enough that I can be out and maybe hear somebody say something. And it take me over in this pasture and I can feed spiritually for a while. Or I, I can be out and I can see something. And it makes me go over here and feed in this pasture a while. But I can't go feed if I don't know the pastures there, right? Well, there's a blessed old man, white-haired old man who's had a lifetime of it. And he can go feed in all kind of pastures because he's laboring in God's word. And when we're 90 years old, I hope we can do that. He came up to me um, Sunday morning and I don't even remember what I said. We were just talking in the back back there. And I said something. And it triggered scriptures in his mind. And he started talking to me for 10 minutes. And he had one of the best sermons I've ever heard in 10 minutes. Because he had been laboring in God's word. We are all studying something. If you want to look at your phone and look at, um, go to your screen time. And it'll tell you how much time you've spent in each area of your phone. It's very humbling, right? We're all studying something. We might be studying Facebook, we might be studying TikTok, we might be studying the news, we might be studying uh, any, our emails, any number of things. But the main thing we ought to be studying is God's Word. So we can be workmen that are not ashamed, that we can be ready to answer, that we can have our senses honed and skilled and sharp on what is right and what is wrong because one day america is going to be at rock bottom and they're going to throw their hands up and they're going to say i don't know what happened and then we got to be like josiah who brings god's law back out and says this is what's right and this is what's wrong we can do what's right and god will bless us or we can continue on this path and just get further down but you got to be studied to know those things, right? I hope that's been profitable to you, and I hope it encourages you to study. If you don't know where to start on studying, ask me, ask Brother Tim, Brother Neil, Brother McNeil, any of these brothers. We can tell you how we did it, how we go about it, because they're all very similar in how we study. But I encourage you, don't leave it just an hour and a half a week to sharpen those senses. It needs to be... A regular weekly thing. So I hope that's been profitable to you. There's one more here I'd like to become a part of this church. We'll give you the opportunity now.